we've spoken about this many times, that uh, every story in the Torah, every story in the Bible, is a divine revelation. Not an ordinary story, not a common story, not a uh, predictable story. It's a revelation of some divine wisdom. Welcome to the Ideas That Change the World podcast with Rabbi Manus Friedman, where we make sure your life will be changed for the better, one idea at a time. Rabbi Friedman is the number one voice of clarity on moral and social issues. So what are we waiting for? Let's go change the world. We've spoken about this many times, that uh, every story in the Torah, every story in the Bible, is a divine revelation. Not an ordinary story, not a common story, not a uh, predictable story. It's a revelation of some divine wisdom, not certainly of pop psychology. So when a story seems to be a little too ordinary, we got to think twice. We got to re-examine, dig deeper, find some commentary, because this needs to be explained. We also have to pay attention to the grammar, to the tenses, because everything in the Torah is perfect and purposeful. So present, past, future, we, they, us, we got to pay attention to these things because there is so much more to the words when we understand them properly than at first glance. So let's talk about one of the most famous stories in the, uh, in the Torah, and that is the making of the golden calf. The Jews are standing at the foot of Mount Sinai. God comes down to the mountain and proclaims ten commandments and then gives Moses, Moshe, who is up on the mountain, uh, the commandments in writing engraved in a precious stone or two stones. Where did this golden calf come from? How is it possible that they hear from God himself, you shall make no graven images, and then 40 days later, they're worshiping a golden calf? How is that possible? And the ordinary, conventional explanations don't hold water. Because it shouldn't be possible. So let's take a look at the wording of the story. Moshe says to the people, I'm going up to the mountain. I'm going to be there for 40 days. And on the 40th day, before noon, I will return. 
On the 39th day, the people expected Moshe to show up because they assumed that the day that Moshe told them that it's going to be 40 days was day number one. But it wasn't because part of that day had already passed. And when Moshe said 40 days, he meant 40 complete days. So the 40 days began the night, because the night precedes the day. So the 40 days began the night after Moshe told them that he would be back in 40 days. So they misunderstood, they miscalculated, and they said, this man, Moshe, we don't know what happened to him. Looks like he's not coming back. So we need a replacement, a substitute, a substitute for Moshe, some leader, some indicator as to how we should travel, when we should travel, how do we get to Israel, which is where they were headed. Now the people approach Aaron, Moshe's brother, and they say, we need a substitute for Moshe. Aaron says, you got gold? And they immediately handed all their gold over to Aaron. Aaron throws it into the fire and out comes a golden calf. Nobody carved it. Nobody created it. They threw the gold into the fire and a calf shows up. And then the people said, this is your God, O Israel, who took you out of Egypt. So there are a few things we need to understand here. They started off saying we need a substitute for Moshe. So whatever they were going to create was going to be a, a leader, a compass that will guide them in their journey. But then the golden calf comes out and all of a sudden they're saying, ah, this is your God who took you out of Egypt. That was not the plan. The plan was not to find a substitute God. The plan was to find a substitute for Moshe. So what happened? Number two, who's talking? Who is saying to whom, this is your God, Israel, who took you out of Egypt? Your God. If all the people were doing this, then who is speaking to whom? It should be, this is our God. We also find that after Moshe comes down off the mountain and he breaks the tablets, throws them down, and he says, whoever is still loyal to God, follow me. And the entire tribe of Levi, the Levite, all joined him, which means at least one entire tribe did not partake or participate in this, in this plan. So it wasn't the entire people. 
But who said to whom, this is your God? And what does it mean that they threw the gold into the fire and out came a golden calf? How did that happen? What was Aaron's thinking? Certainly, Aaron was not about to participate in anything idolatrous in any way at all, not even peripherally. So what is he saying? Give me the gold and I'll make, a, I'll make an idol for you? So the entire story begs for commentary, uh, background, illumination, what in the world is going on. So if we read carefully, Moshe is on the mountain. And God suddenly says to Moshe, go down. You have to descend, not only off the mountain, but from the exalted position you're in. You've lost that position because you represented a great people. Now the people are not so great, so neither are you. A great leader gets his greatness from the people. He's not greater than the people. So when the people go down, the leader goes down. So God says, you have just descended. You've just lost your lofty position because, because the, your people who you brought out of Egypt have messed up and they've created a graven image. It's kind of strange for God to say, your people who you took out of Egypt, when it was God who performed the, the, the plagues, who brought the plagues and all the miracles, and it's God's people. How many times did Moshe say to Pharaoh, so says the God of Israel, let my people go. But now they mess up, and all of a sudden it's not his people, it's Moshe's people. And Moshe brought them out of Egypt. So we find out that when the Jews left Egypt, a great multitude of Egyptians joined them. What was this great multitude? 